You are now listening to the Q&E Podcast. What's up, everybody? You are listening to the Q&E Podcast, and you're here with your boy Q Hicks right now. And I got Edgar on the other line. Edgar, tell the people what's good. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Q&E Podcast. We got a lot coming for y'all this week, man. We A lot of talk for the NBA playoffs about who's advancing to the conference finals from the East and West. Uh, what else we got coming? We got a lot of entertainment news for y'all this week. Hey, man, a lot of people going to jail that uh, <laughs> we don't want to see go. So we, we got a lot of that for y'all. We, we got some uh, trailers for y'all coming this episode. You already know what time it is. It's the NBA playoffs, so we got to start off with the NBA topics. First team I want to talk about is the Miami Heat. Because, God damn it, we got the job done, and we're going to the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm proud of my team. Uh, it was a lot of points throughout this season. Nigga was shaky. But uh, us getting to the conference finals, I'm definitely, I just want to say I'm proud. Jimmy Butler has been playing like a top three player in this playoffs. Like, I don't think it's too many people playing better. It's him, it's Giannis and him. Like, it's nobody in between, especially when you talk about two-way ability. Jimmy been playing like one of them ones, playing like a superstar. And a lot of people always question that about him. And he's raising his caliber in the playoffs. So I love what I'm seeing from the Heat. Moving on to the conference finals, a lot of people stepped up, but Jimmy is definitely the the biggest takeaway from that series. Yeah, and seeing them advance now to the Eastern Conference Finals, I think it's more prevalent than ever. Like you said, it's been happening the whole time throughout this series and in the previous series as well. But now that in the moment we see who's going to be going all the way as far as uh, conference championships are concerned, it's clear now that Jimmy Butler has been one of the most consistent players in this playoffs this year, regardless of East or West. So I do agree. Uh, Jimmy deserves his flowers for this playoff season. And they uh, I don't know if this is going to be a topic uh, later on in the show, but they announced that they're going to be giving West and East Conference Finals MVPs now. I think that's going to start next season or maybe 2024. I'm not sure. But I think it's Jimmy Butler, year. it's not starting this what, year. What they're doing it this year? I, I don't think I it would be was... this year because they, oh, they just announced <laughs> it. Is I mean, they did re- release it right before the conference finals, so it's like, don't be surprised. We're gonna give you all these awards. I feel like they should wait till next year because, like, I don't know, that's just weird. Like, that's like announcing you're giving another award for the finals in the middle Come of the on. finals. Like, <laughs> I don't want these awards to be given out at all, bro. I don't I even like either. the idea. I don't even like the idea <laughs> of, you know what I'm saying? Giving the MVP to somebody before you reach the ultimate goal. It's like we haven't done it for so many years. Now y'all are switching shit up. And what is that really doing for real? What is that doing for real? So it doesn't even make sense to me. But I thought it was starting this year, though. If it is, that's weird that they announced it like a couple of weeks, not even a couple of weeks, like a couple of days before the East and Western Conference Finals start. Like, that's just weird. I feel like you should hold off on that until the next season, just so it could be something that every team gets to look forward to. Yeah, they said they're going to be awarded for the next time next month. So that means they're going to be awarded this year. That's weird <laughs> and they just hell. announced it today. I'm telling you, that shit is I, weird. I already it, don't want it. So like, I feel like that's just a participation award. Like, I, it just, it gives weird vibes to me. I feel like they're trying to do too much with that. And I feel like it's going to give certain players, I'm not going to say all players, it may give certain players 
a feeling of, okay, I may not have to win the finals MVP for real. I may not have to get us all the way to the finals, but if I could play solid enough to where I can at least get MVP in the conference finals, I'm fine with that. I feel like it'll give certain players a level of being content with wherever the chips may fall. And it's like, no, the ultimate goal is getting to the finals, winning the finals, and possibly being finals MVP. Granted, that's only for superstar players to worry about mm-hmm. and maybe a couple role players here and there because, you know, guys like Iggy Azalea, not Iggy Azalea, um, damn. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Iguodala, uh, um, Yeah, Iguodala. Guys like Iguodala, they can, um, they can sneak in and get finals MVP sometimes, but for the most part, it's involving superstar players. I just want—I don't want superstar players being okay with just West or Eastern Conference Finals MVPs when the goal is Finals MVP. My biggest problem is what is it going to do to somebody's legacy? Is it going to add to somebody's legacy? Is that going to be an arguing point for a lot of fans now that somebody got an Eastern Conference Finals MVP? Like, oh, at least he got an Eastern Conference MVP. Oh, Like, people are going to start using that in arguments, and I don't like that shit at all. That's more so my problem with it. Like, it's cool because it's most likely going to go to the best player on that Eastern Conference team. Like, it's cool, like, to get that type of recognition. Like, but I feel like the focus was still be to win the finals i think the nba players will still keep that focus but i just don't like what it's going to do for the fan part of it people are going to start using that oh at least he got an eastern conference finals mvp y'all boy don't even got that it's like we we saying eastern conference mvp is enough now like yeah, come on that, bro we gotta cross that saying, shit. bro that's what i'm saying, <laughs> saying that's people enough? are gonna start like, treating nah. that like it's enough and people <laughs> are just i feel like fans and certain players might treat it like hey at least I got this. And it's like, no, they're giving y'all another level of content um being contempt. And I, I just don't like that. Like I, I just don't like that headspace of being able to say, Well, at least I could just get this. When it's like, no, you either going for it all or you're not. Plain and simple. <laughs> there is there shouldn't be a, a second place award before you even get to the first place award. Like I, I just know. And that's crazy to say, because think about Bron's resume. If that nigga really had Eastern Conference Finals. Like, exactly. This nigga resume exactly, had like 12 bro. to 15 Eastern Conference Finals MVPs. So, like, and people will be using that in arguments if they were to give, give that away like back in the day. So that's just funny to think about now. So it's just weird, bro. That's like, I feel like Adam Silver is doing a lot of weird shit with the trophies anyway. I don't like this snow globe trophy that they doing. Yeah, I, don't I don't like, like that. that I don't like that they're giving these players trophies in front of their teammates instead of having a press conference with everybody there with their friends, their families, and their teammates. That's how it should be. Like, you should be getting recognized on that type of stage, not when you sweaty right after practice. Like, what kind of bullshit is this, nigga? I feel like now that feels like a participation award when I just get a, a globe after practice. Don't give me this bullshit. Have a real sit-down time with me. Even for the MVP and Jokic. Y'all went to Serbia with some random-ass Zoom session to give him a golden globe? Like, that's how the MVP gets treated in the NBA? Like, that shit just looks whack. It's just a bad look, bro. Y'all got to go back to that press conference type of feel because that was the best one. And it has some of the best moments, especially when you talk about KD and the real MVP. Uh, when Westbrook won, I mean, Westbrook was crying. It sets up for good moments, and y'all just giving niggas glows at their crib and shit. 
we doing, bro? That's just some bullshit. I, I hope it's only for the 75th year. I think that's why they made that little globe crystal ball trophy mm. and it says 75 on it for the 75th anniversary. I'm assuming this is the only year we're going to get that type of award. And I think they'll go back to the way it normally looks after this. Yeah, that shit just look fugazi, bro. You got to get that shit out of the game, bro. I don't like that shit. Because the other, like, the defensive player of the year trophy, the MVP trophy just looks way better than just a globe. Right. Like, I'm going to have that in my in my trophy case, some random-ass globe. Like, that shit just look weird when you look at everybody else's trophies. But going back to this Heat versus Sixers series, Embiid did come back in game three. We did um, recap the first couple of games, but Embiid came back for games three and four. The Sixers tied up the series, and man, but in the last two games, the Jimmy Butler really dominated, really took over. A lot of the role players stepped up. Max Struess had 20 in game six. But you already know what the story is going to be coming away from this series. It's going to be about Embiid, and it's going to be about Harden. and what is the future of the Philadelphia's franchise. So what do you think they do next year, especially with Harden's future so up in the air being that he hasn't opted into his player option. He could leave in the offseason. Like, it's a lot of options. Like, Philly doesn't know if they really are sure to resign him. We've seen in game six that he only attempted two shots in the second half. So the, the right. reason that you got James Harden was that he would take big shots in big games. But he just pulled a, a Ben Simmons who y'all traded him for, who y'all were begging to trade, and he just pulled a Ben Simmons in y'all face, and y'all was begging for James Harden. So that shit is just ironic as hell. But what do you think the future of the franchise will be? I'll speak on James Harden first. I hope James Harden isn't turning into this player that just starts getting bounced around the league, bro, and just going from team to team, different situation to different situation. He's, he's, he's choosing this, though. It's not like he's getting bounced. I, he, he's choosing this. He, he is, but that, that makes it even worse, in my opinion. You know, I feel like in certain situations, like, yeah, okay, it's clear that your talent really isn't there anymore, and you're just getting bounced around to fit whatever situation. I think James Harden can still play well enough to where he can still really choose where he wants to go. But I think they're going to treat him like, no, you just, you're going to get bounced around because you're not showing that you can get back to that caliber of a player. He hasn't shown us Houston James Harden in a long time. Granted, I know outside of that Mike D'Antoni system, that same play style isn't going to work. But in regard to just getting buckets and just being a true scorer of the basketball. We haven't seen that type of James Harden consistently in a long time. And I think to your point, especially with the way he performed in this playoffs and even towards the end of the regular season before the playoffs started, I think that's leaving a sour taste in Philly's mouth to where I don't know if he's going to want to sign with them again and opt in. I don't know if they're going to want him to sign in and they're just going to let him walk. And how bad is James Harden getting if you're willing to just let him walk, I don't think he's that bad. I think if he slims up this summer and he really goes back and loses weight and works out and gets back in the weight room, James Harden can make a good comeback to make up for the past two seasons now. But as of right now, I don't know what his future holds because I don't know if he really has lost it for real, like people are predicting, or if he just has a uh, I don't care attitude and he's just willing to bounce around and go to whatever team. And it's funny because that was the vibe of the whole Philadelphia team in games five and six. It was points throughout that game where it's like, y'all just are playing with no energy. And the most yeah. important game of y'all season in game five, y'all get blown out by 30. 
And then in game six at home, y'all just let go of the rope in the second half in front of y'all fans. And y'all mm. played with no energy. Like, y'all weren't even exactly. trying on defense, bro. Like, Embiid is playing through injuries, bro. So, we he get a pass. But everybody but Tyrese else. Tyrese Maxey cannot save y'all every single night. That, you feel bro, what I'm saying? He's like, too young, bro. He's too young to be trying to save y'all every single night right now. Embiid and Maxey was the only ones playing with energy. And Embiid going through all these injuries. So, like I said, he gets a pass. Everybody else, what y'all doing? James Harden looking like, bro, what's, what the fuck was that in game six, in game five? Tobias Harris comes up small. Like, this whole team got to rethink their entire roster decisions, bro, because it doesn't look good for their future, bro. Even if they bring everybody back, what is that doing for you? Unless you get a huge jump from Tyrese Maxey next year, this is the same team. Middle of the pack in the Eastern Conference, Lewis in the second round type of team. So you got to make some hardcore executive decisions if you really want to improve, bro. And it's tough because you got this James Harden conundrum that you really don't know the answer to. It's not really clear because he showed you that he has something left in the tank in game four when he had 31, eight and nine. Like everybody was like, oh, James Harden is back. Oh, this is the old James Harden. And then in games five and game six, he doesn't look like James anymore. It's like, is this really just what he is? Is it really just like he's a once in a while he'll show you that he has it, but it's not really consistent type of James Harden? Like, is this it? That's and, not and a $200 million think, player. That's why I think bouncing around from team to teams in that situation is worse because you can't be somebody who we look at as one of the best scorers of all time, and you still are somewhat in your prime, and this is the level that you're giving us right now? Like, it doesn't make sense. This is completely different than you're clearly not who you were and now you're just getting bounced around on each team. There's potential for you to still be who you are, and it's like you're letting this happen of possibly just being bounced around the East team now. I feel like letting that happen is a lot worse than something you just can't control, and that's just the point of your career at this point. So that's why I'm, I have a huge question mark over James Harden because I don't know if his heart is still in it. I don't know if he's really lost it like people are saying. I'm not willing to go out on a limb and say that yet about James Harden. But when it comes to Philly, I, I don't know what they can do, bro. They're, they're trying to build with some of the young players they got, and then they've tried to do the trading, you know, to get players like James Harden, to get Ben Simmons out of there to make the chemistry better. So I, I don't know. I don't know. They've traded for big names. They traded for role players. The, the young players they get from the draft, they're trying to develop them. They're trying every single thing possible. And at this point, do you even have to, do you got to change the slogan? It's trust the process, even the slogan anymore. And I haven't heard anybody in Philly say that shit, bro. Yeah, niggas don't I use really have Anyways, but I think <laughs> this is going to be a situation that Philly looks back in five to ten years and they really think about what happened with that jimmy butler situation and letting yes. him walk out the door and picking ben simmons over jimmy Butler. like they're going to think about all of those decisions obviously hindsight is 2020 and you see what jimmy is doing for the heat and y'all had way more talent at the time y'all had jj y'all had mb y'all had ben y'all had harris like y'all had a squad y'all could have brought them all back but it's like now he he flourishing with another team when that was really the key and now y'all looking like this when y'all could have been looking like something completely different. So they really going to regret right. that Jimmy decision. And I feel like Philly fans, and I talked to Scotty before, he really feels like Jimmy Butler was going to be the guy that took them to the next level. So seeing him walk out of the door like that, like a few years ago, was crazy to see. And we seeing how that's really paying off for him right now, especially when they're going through all these triumphs with uh, all these struggles with James and then Ben. It's like, damn. 
with Jimmy, we ain't having none of these problems. Right. Uh, we got a score. We got a superstar. So it, it's just crazy how all that shit turned out, the, man. But the most you have to worry about with a Jimmy Butler is beefing with teammates sometimes just because he pushes them to play their best. That's it. When he was in Minnesota, what was the main thing we heard about Jimmy Butler? He was getting into it with teammates. He felt like they didn't have enough heart. And they weren't playing as hard as he wanted them to play. You go to Philly, damn near the same thing. Other than Embiid, there were people that he was bumping head with in Philly. And even in Miami, you see he still argues with players either during a game or during practice. And it's always just that competitive leadership of, I know y'all can be better, play better than what y'all doing, and hold me to the same standard. That's the type of player that Jimmy Butler is. Is it pretty? No. Is he that, come on, guys, let's do this together leader? No. He's the, I'm going to cuss you out. And if you need to cuss me out, cuss me out. He's that type of leader. And I think that's the only issue. And that's to me, that's not even an issue. But that's the only issue, quote, unquote, that I think teams would have with a player like Jimmy Butler. It ain't got nothing to do with his heart. It ain't got nothing to do with him being able to play all 82 games. None of that. So I, I don't get it. Philly, like you said, is going to look back at that like, damn, we fumbled the bag. But a couple of teams might have that look. Timberwolves, they'll think the same thing. <laughs> Facts, man. Uh, luckily, they got Ant and Ant for to take shit over. But, yeah. Right. That shit crazy. And if you but keep again, Jimmy Butler, if you're the Timberwolves, do you even end up getting somebody like an Anthony Edwards? So the Timberwolves low-key have an excuse of like, eh, we low-key made the right decision now that we see what we have now for the future. So – Hindsight is twenty twenty, like you said. Timberwolves might not feel the same way, but they still, in essence, missed a great veteran leader. Yeah, but uh, once again, shout out to the Heat because um, just just the defensive switches that I've seen in Game Five and Game Six, because them boys, which they look terrible in Games Three and Game Four, bro. They they look bad, and look look at how they looked in Game Five and Game Six. That like the Heat team that we grew accustomed to throughout the regular season. They were hitting their shots. Right. Playing tough defense. We're getting uh, a Victor Oladipo who is elevated at this point. Jimmy is going to another level. That was next level defense I was seeing from Bam out of bio too. I thought that he couldn't even handle Joel Embiid. I know he was getting help and all that, but fuck that. Everybody got to help Joel Embiid. The fact that he was holding his own and holding Embiid to 7 of 24 inefficient type of nights, I got to clap it up for Bam because I didn't expect that shit at all, bro. And he was handling his own one-on-one against somebody who he was completely overmatched against. So y'all can say what y'all want about the stats when it comes to Bam. Oh, he ain't had this amount of points. But that man's defense is generational, bro. I don't care what anybody says, bro. When that man can guard one through five legitimately with Embiid? Come on, man. <laughs> y'all got to stop playing with my man for real. That shit is crazy out here. Moving on to the next series, we got the Bucks versus the Celtics. And it was a wild game five, and the Bucks ended up taking the lead three to two. But we got to dive into that, that game five matchup because it had a wild ending with uh, Drew Holiday making some big plays. Giannis Antetokounmpo hitting some big shots, finishing with 40 points. Edgar, what was one of your biggest takeaways from last night's game? I predicted the Bucs to win this series even when we seen Chris Middleton was out just because I trust Giannis that much. We look at Giannis right now as the best player in the league on any given night when everybody's healthy, he could still just dominate defensively and offensively. He just changes the whole scope of the game when he's on the floor. So although the Celtics may have made a ton of mistakes, I still look at it as 
Giannis is the best player on the floor and he's on the reigning uh, championship team right now. He's going to get it done. It doesn't matter. Giannis can drop 40 every night and that's all it takes. And Drew just got to play solid. So although the Celtics made enough mistakes to where you could look at them like, damn, y'all really lost the game as opposed to the Bucks winning. I, I still look at Giannis like, hey, as long as he's healthy and as long as he's playing the way he's playing, the Bucks are winning without question. That's why I had them winning this series. And that's why I seen game five not really as a shocker. And Giannis, bro, it's it's just something about this dude that he's one of the few players in this league that can will his team to win. Exactly. Just with his will alone, dog. Like, it's no reason the Celtics should have lost that game. But it was the will of Giannis that, they, that he uh, kept them hanging around for so long. Then he hit a big three when they were down six. Then he had a huge block, which led into a Drew Holiday three to tie the game up. Like, he was just continuing to attack, even when it looked like hope was lost for them. He continued to attack, and he willed them to victory last night. Drew Holiday had the highlight rail plays, but they're not in that game without Giannis, obviously, having 40 points. So he was the story of the game. Bobby Portis had one hell of a game, but I just don't understand how the damn Celtics lost that shit. Like, Because in the last three games... I feel like the Celtics should have won all of them. <laughs> I truly believe that. I feel like this series high sheet could be over right now, but it's it's just a tough how the, the cookie falls sometimes, and it shows you the how battle-tested the Bucks are and how champion experience really takes you to that next level where you don't even feel that pressure when it's a closed game late in the game. You might be down mm-hmm. a little bit, but you're not as affected as somebody like the Celtics were where they're they're wilting under the pressure. The Bucks have been in this position before, where it's it's no sweat to them. Yeah, I, I agree. And like you said, Giannis has turned into one of those few players that his will he could literally just wake up and say we're winning tonight, and then that's it. Like it's murder she wrote from that point. So I totally yeah. agree. That shit is wild, bro. But shout out to them Celtics, bro, because I, I still think I picked the Celtics in five. I still believe the Celtics without Chris Middleton, are the better team. But they're just losing to the better player right now. And Giannis is just willing his team to win. But I still do not count out the Celtics. I still think the Celtics win game six, and I think they push it to a game seven where they will win. So I have the Celtics still in seven. It's not the way I would have predicted it, and I really hate that y'all lost game five that way. And I wouldn't be surprised if they drop game six because that's a, that's just a heartbreaking way to lose, bro. I, mm-hmm. I, can, I can see that carrying into the next game, but I think you Ime Udoka really gets their mind right to really compete and really uh, win the and next game. And they'll be at games, home so. for game six, won't they? For game seven. For game six, they're going to be at Milwaukee. Oh, for real? Oh, yeah, Milwaukee closing that shit, bro. I'm telling you right now. Nah, <laughs> Milwaukee bro. is closing it. Nah. Giannis is closing it at the if crib. I, I'm hey, you if, right Al, now. if Al Horford keep hooping like damn vintage Tim Duncan, that I'm not worried about anything. That nigga Al Horford been playing like crazy recently, bro. Dropping 30 points, ducking on Giannis. So as long as he hooping, I think they'll be in the game. I think Jason Tatum showed up. Brown shows up. I think... I, once again, I just don't. They can be don't, in don't the game all they want. They ain't winning it. <laughs> I, that's why I say the they're winning. Ball. They're they're winning the game. They're winning the game. They're winning the game. That was just know. a tough one. I got, way I got to the lose, Bucks, bro. bro. I got the Bucks closing it out, and I got Bucks and Heat for the Eastern Conference Finals. That's crazy. 
Cause just looking forward to a uh, if we get a Bucks versus um, Heat Eastern Conference Finals, I honestly would pick Bucks. I honestly, even without Middleton, I still would. I think their their length and their size and just trying to slow down Giannis. And like I said before, Brooke Lopez is going to be the key in that series, bro. You have so many people that want to drive to the basket on the Miami Heat that your three point shooting has to be immaculate to keep up with the to keep up with the Bucks because Jimmy Butler has shown, even though he's played like a superstar over this run, he's shown in past years and this season that he struggles against length. So if he has to be guarded by Giannis Antetokounmpo throughout the series, he is going to struggle. So I think that could be a struggle-filled series for the Heat. I still, I'm still, i still proud of them, but I think the Bucks will win that series, bro, honestly. I think it's a better matchup if they see the Celtics. I really do. Moving on to the last two series, we got the Grizz versus Golden State. I thought Golden State was going, uh, you know what I'm saying, really close the shit out in game five, but they had different oh. plans, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> they, they had different. They wanted to go back to the crib and close it out, I guess. But getting blown. Nah, but this is what I'm going to say about this game, bro. Because this shit was embarrassing, bro. It and was. I don't think it's nothing to laugh about. And I don't think Memphis is out of this series. Because the last two games, Memphis has clearly played like the better team. Without John Morant, they're clearly better defensively. And they're clearly digging in niggas' chest. And you can't get around them as easily as you were getting around them in the first three games when Ja was playing. This team is different when he doesn't play. They're just as effective offensively. They don't have that closer like Ja, but they can score enough offensively with the three-pointers. And their defense is immaculate. Jared Jackson isn't get, letting things get around the rim. You still got Steven Adams getting offensive rebounds, rebounding. I would not be surprised in the slightest if the Grizzlies won this series, bro, because that's how good they are on the defensive side of the ball. They are halting everything that the Warriors are trying to do right now. What the Warriors were doing in games one through three, they were attacking Ja. You can't attack him anymore. Everybody on the court is a good defender. <laughs> so who are you attacking? Now Steph is taking tougher shots, even though it's Steph, it's harder. Even though it's Clay, it's tougher. Even though it's Wiggins, it's tougher. Poole isn't looking like himself these last couple of games. So I'm telling you, I would not be surprised, even with no jaw, if the Grizzlies won this series. And what are we what are we saying at that point if the Grizzlies can defeat the Goliath of Golden State without their star player? Like what I are think we it saying? shows you. I think that shows you that Ja has to become a better defender. That that should be that would be my first thought because why in games one through three we look like this in game three and game or games four and game five without you we play way better defensively we even are more effective offensively as well but I think you need y'all obviously to close the games mm -hmm. but we're just way more effective everybody gets the feel of the rock when he doesn't play so I think they are still a better team with him. But I think everybody just gets to feel everybody's more connected. Tyus Jones is a good backup point guard. I think he has to get better defensively. That's the conversation I would have to have. And I think offensively, they're way less predictable when Ja exactly. doesn't play. Uh, exactly. As great as Ja is, and I said this, what, like a week or two ago now, Ja has turned into that player, obviously. It doesn't matter what you know he's going to do. Can you stop him? Yes, he's at that level now. But there's a level of predictability that comes with that. Same thing with LeBron, with Steph, with, uh, you know, KD, certain players. It's like you you know what you're going to get. And then when that's taken out, you're looking at the rest of the team like, okay, damn, we haven't really studied the rest of these players as 
in depth as we should have because they've kind of been reliant on that superstar pulling them. So players like Jared Jackson now and, and the rest of these boys, like it's it's free game at this point. They're they're learning through experience. The Warriors are learning them as they're playing, and that's a terrible thing to do during the playoffs. And we also are seeing in the in this series that the Warriors have no bigs other than Draymond. You have nobody. <laughs> like, and we see if you play two bigs against them with a Steven Adams and a Jaron Jackson, you can abuse them on the boards. Like, and they were not taking advantage of that in the first few games. It won because Steven Adams was out with COVID, I think, for the first couple of games. So he couldn't mm. play. But that's one reason. But I think you always go small when you have somebody like Ja because you always want to have the ultimate around uh, amount of spacing when he's on the court. But we're seeing when you have two bigs on the court, bro, like nobody can stop them on offensive rebounds, bro. And that's why I say I still give them a good chance to win this series without them. Defensively, offensive rebounds and the unpredictability really put them in the same conversation as the Warriors, bro. Like it's crazy to say because it's the Warriors, but. <laughs> It's a neck and neck battle right now, bro. The Grizzlies should be up 3 2 if we keeping it real, but they let game four slip away because there was a young team, no closer, no job. But game five, they showed you the potential of this team. They showed you how much talent they have on this team. Like Desmond Bain, uh, Jaron Jackson is really becoming a man in front of our eyes now, really starting to pound in the paint. I like what he's doing. Zaire Williams, Tyus Jones, DeAnthony Melton. We're seeing the good players come out, and we're seeing it without job because, like you said, the unpredictability, bro. So the Warriors got to come up to play. Just because y'all at home in game six don't mean y'all going to win, bro. Like, y'all going to have to play. I was just going to ask, like, is that whole playing the Warriors at Golden State, is that as scary as it used to be now with some of these teams coming up? Like, hey, we young. We don't care about none of that. We coming at y'all throw every single game. Like, y'all going to have to prove to us, like y'all proved to the other OG players, that playing in Golden State, is one of the scariest places to play in the NBA. And I don't know if the Grizzlies are looking at it like that right now. And they shouldn't. They shouldn't. Because they just see, they just whoop them boys by 50. After you whoop a team by 50, I'm not scared where to play you. Y'all punks to me at that point. If I punch you and beat you by 50. That trick thing, they yeah. talking about whoop that shit. Oh, oh yeah, after and we I put 50 on y'all? Niggas, bro. Oh, yeah. After I just punch y'all niggas, I ain't scared to play y'all niggas nowhere. I want to see y'all niggas. Oh yeah, come on. Come on. We just we just beat y'all by 50. <laughs> Come on, bro. I'm not scared to play y'all boys nowhere. And that's why I look at Golden State. And even if they get past this series and play somebody like the Suns, the Suns are going to do the same thing that the Grizzlies are doing. They're going to play two bigs. They're going to get physical with you niggas, bro. And they're going to, bro, they're going to feed DeAndre Ayton. And they're going to have somebody on that backside like a Biombo and just feed y'all. It's not going, that lineup's not going to play for a long period of time. But it's going to be effective while it's out there because y'all have nobody who can stop two big men at the same time. Jay Crowder, Jay Crowder is so y'all don't have nobody to stop these physical players, bro. Because y'all nothing, y'all have nothing but perimeter and finesse. Steph, Poole, uh, Wiggins, Clay, and the physical Draymond. Like it's one nigga down there trying to get a rebound while everybody else trying to get a three. Like that's the problem, and that's why I still pick the Suns to go to the finals. Y'all are not as physical. Y'all need to get size in the offseason. Y'all need to get bigger. And the Warriors scaring me because I, I picked the Warriors to go all the way in the West. But right now, like you said, 
not being as physical as these other teams, it looks like that's going to bite them in the ass moving forward. It's not just going to be a, we can outshoot you at this point. Teams are getting way better defensively. And I think with the referees changing the rules for this season and, you know, not letting as many of shooting fouls go off as they did the um, last few seasons, I think that's playing a huge effect right now on the playoffs, especially because we already know that lets you play a lot more physical when playoff time come anyway. But now on top of that, you're not getting certain calls that you usually get to. Yeah, the, the Warriors, bro, They this is a scary time for them right now when they should be scaring other teams. So exactly. I'm going to stay true to my <laughs> pick. But like you said, we can't be surprised if the Grizzlies do the impossible and knock them off or if Golden State gets to um, Phoenix, if Phoenix knocks them off. We can't be surprised at that point. Because they're exposing your biggest weakness. Everybody was looking at your offensive game when you had all uh, four or five of them boys out there, including Poole. They was like, damn, who can stop their offense? But it's like, damn, can they get a rebound to get on offense? It's going to be the more of a bigger question now. Nobody, they can't get a rebound, bro. Other than Draymond, nobody is getting a rebound, man. So that, that shit is crazy. Like I said, the Grizz are still in this shit, y'all. The Grizz are still in this shit. Don't be surprised if they push this shit to seven and win without Ja. Without Ja. It, mm, I, don't, I, I guess you already brought up the question. But it's like, damn, would Ja feel away because of that? Ja, I feel like Ja would have to feel away after that. It was like, damn, y'all, y'all kind of look like y'all look like this after me, after I went out, after I was dropping all these 40 pieces. But I don't, I don't think he could. I don't think he could feel away because it's like, bro, you're the one with the rock. Like, you're the one uh, <laughs> doing a lot of these ISO plays. How you going to look at us because we can finally touch the rock now and play how we want to play. Like, we're giving the ball to you. We're letting you make all the decisions. So I don't know if John could feel away about it. Maybe, maybe this helps Ja take a step back from ball handling dudes and say, damn, I got a team that I can really like rock out with and they can, you know, carry a lot of this burden as well. It doesn't just have to be me in a lot of cases. So maybe he stands in the corner more. And like I said, hopefully this, it really clicks in his head and hopefully he has somebody in his corner actually telling him this of like, okay, bro, you got to improve on your defense. Like you have enough athleticism. You have enough a wingspan. You have enough quickness to be a better defender than what you are. Are, are we saying you need to be great? No. But you have to be solid. Like Steph. Steph is solid enough where you can't just attack Steph like that, bro. He's solid enough. You need to get to that Steph Curry S type of level where you're solid and you're a good team defender. If that happens, then we can really be scared of the Grizz in the future years. But if Josh stays the same on defense, they're going to, to uh, continue to attack and they're going to continue to come up short. He has to get better than that department. Still a great player, though. Moving on to the next series, we got the Mavs versus the Suns. Currently watching game six right now. It's a close battle, so don't know who's going to finish it, but the Suns are up 3-2. Edgar, who do you have taking this series? Bro, I might have the Mavs, bro. The way Luka and nigga, Bo- no! Nigga, no! You was talking all that <laughs> shit. No, nigga. You was talking all that shit. <laughs> the way Luka and Book been going at it, I'm like, damn. And Luca been dropping on their ass too. I'm like, I, I can't, I can't front row. If Luca might do it, Luca might really take the Suns out for real. I got the Suns winning the matchup. Don't get me wrong. I'll definitely be backtracking, but <laughs> I can't be surprised if Luca actually does the impossible and takes down the Suns. But it, it's all going to depend on how this game goes. They season very well could end tonight. 
But I'm just telling That's y'all, crazy. Luca, Luca trying to keep fighting, bro. He trying to keep fighting. What did I say before this series, bro? I said it's gonna be the Suns and seven. And you called me crazy, bro. You was like, I no, you was did. like Suns and five, Suns and I five. Did. Did. And now you talk about the the Mavs might win. I'm backtracking. I ain't gonna lie, I'm backtracking, but I had to see it for myself. I had, you you told me you laid it on the line. You was like, hey, Luca for the, he probably gonna shake these boys. I was just like, nah, it's just Luca, ain't nobody else really. Yeah, <laughs> sons and five. And he definitely proved me wrong. And him, like I said, him and Book going back and forth with it, Luca got something to prove right now because. Luca and the Mavs have come up short the last few years, not in a sense of they were the, one of the best teams and they were coming up short, but it was like there were certain games and certain series that should have gone in there they didn't take to their full advantage. We obviously know uh, the Clippers, when they played a couple years ago in the bubble, they were up on the Clippers, and it's like, yeah, the Clippers are the better team, but they played the y'all Clippers got the high ground and right it was the now. same situation. That's what I'm saying. Like, y'all got the high ground right now, and then y'all let the Clippers get that. And then, you know, this past uh, – the past season, they just fell up short again in the playoffs. And it's like the Mavs are at a point now where where is their true ceiling going to be? Are they just going to continue to be a team that just gets a little – like, just gets far enough and it gets knocked off all the time? Or are they going to eventually knock one of the head teams off and show that, look, Luka can will a team to uh, get to distance. So it, it just depends on what they choose to do. And I don't think it's been all Luka, and I think that's why they're actually in this series and why they've won two games to this point. It's because of the, the others. Jalen Brunson is averaging 20 in these last games, three True. through games four. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith is playing out of his mind right now. Uh, Bertans has been shooting the hell out of the rock. Kleber has always been a shooter. Damn so the witty. role players... The, yeah, the role players are stepping up for this team way more than what they were getting in the first couple of games when they dropped them. So I think that's where we're seeing the biggest adjustment right now. And we're also seeing Luka take a step back, which I was saying last week. He has to let Brunson get the ball in his hands more. When they both had the ball in their hands, that's when they're at their best. And we're seeing it coming fruition right now. We're seeing it. So if you even so now I'm starting to think for like future. If you upgrade from Brunson and you go to somebody like a Levine or Mitchell or whoever the hell comes up in the in the future, now you have that experience where I don't have to be on the ball all the time. I can give it to somebody else and I can let them run the offense and I can just be a spot-up shooter. Now you have that experience that I don't have to be on the ball all the time, and that's going to help you in the long run when playing with better players. So this is just going to help them in the long run, and it's helping them in the short term as well, learning uh, learning that skill. So I'm definitely seeing a lot of growth from him. But I still see Suns winning this. I, th- I see the Suns winning this in six. I see them winning it tonight. But the Mavs are going to be tough. Because like I said, when they play balanced basketball, they're a tough team to beat. Because they have defense as well. You can't sleep on their defense. And um, what else you said? You said something about the uh, booking. Oh, yeah. You, the booking Luka thing. That might be the, the, the next great rivalry in the NBA, bro. We, That's we keeping what I'm it saying, a bro. That's what that I'm might saying. be the next great one, bro. That might be the next great rivalry, bro. And that's something that I would like to see because that might be like the the Braun versus Kobe thing that we always wanted to see, but we're seeing it on like this level in the Western Conference like on every year, damn near. It could be something yeah. similar to that. Obviously, they, they're still young in their primes. 
uh, more so when we were thinking about LeBron and Kobe, like they were like already entrenched in it. But these players are still young to this point. But we're seeing like the early stages because these boys do not like each other. Like act the fuck off. <laughs> like you see book video the other day. He was talking about the Luca special when he was rolling on the ground. Like yeah. And then, uh, he stole the ball from Luca. Luca was talking shit. Like these boys do not like each other. So I already like that because it's too many friends in the NBA. We say it, it all is. the time. It's too much of that friend shit. So when we see real beef, like that shit is authentic, we want more of it. So this is going to be the next great robbery for sure in the NBA. And I love to see it. Anything else on that series? Nah. Oh, this is what I wanted to say about this podcast, bro. I want to say it on this podcast, bro. We got to get these niggas, bro, who talk about the Cowboys, who talk about the Nets every week, even when them boys lost, who talk about the Lakers, the undisputed, the first takes. We got to get these niggas out of here, bro. I'm tired of this bullshit. We got to get these niggas out of here, bro. We got to talk about real fucking sports and the real teams that's actually fucking winning games, bro. We got to get these niggas out of the door, bro. I'm tired of hearing about the Nets and the Lakers when them boys ain't shit. I'm tired of hearing about the Cowboys every week when they know they ain't going to be shit. I'm tired of hearing of the same old bullshit-ass teams. That's why I always advise niggas to start their own podcast, start your own platforms, because there's too much bullshit getting put out on all of these sports networks, on the ESPNs, on the Foxes. That's just bullshit, bro. The only person I truly see that talks about a variety of different teams, and even he gets caught up in the fanatics sometimes, is Cowherd, bro. He's the only person that really expands yep. his views on a lot of teams. Everybody else talks about the same teams every fucking week, bro. So if you think about starting a podcast, start that shit, and talk about a variety of different teams, don't just hold on to one team, bro. Because it's too many niggas that's talking about the same old teams, bro, that's getting on my nerves. And they got real deal platforms, bro, getting paid millions to talk about the same bullshit. Like, start your and own I, platforms with that shit. I agree with the Cowherd point. Even if you don't agree with Cowherd half of the time, it's like at least he's talking about multiple different teams. Like, he's not just talking about the same four or five teams we always hear. He's not talking about the same four to five players we always hear. He even talking about the USFL. I've seen him talk about the new football league that's going on right now. When I've seen nobody else even try to have a conversation on none of that stuff. Like, he's he knows how to keep an audience engaged. And he knows, like, look, whether they like what I say or don't like what I say, at least they'll be refreshed to know that something new is being discussed. And I, I agree. A lot of these platforms and um, not, we can't even just say the platforms at this point, we got to actually call out some of the people on these platforms. Yeah. Continuing to talk about this stuff. Like because JJ Reddick, shout out to him, bro. Cause he, Bad, JJ Reddick is one of the I few mean. people that's, what that's I like really out. talking for yeah. real. Like he, he, he's not going to go with the narratives. He's going to speak exactly what he feels. Not only as a former player, but just as a true fan of basketball, of sports in general, he gives an authentic perspective that a lot of these people just don't give anymore or never gave in their career. Yeah, bro. And I think we're we're going to get to a point where I think Stephen A sticks around because he's just a legend in this game. But I think it's a point where we're going to get to Shannon Sharps, the Skip Baylesses, the Nick Wrights are going to like leave. And it's going to be more about the J.J. Reddicks and the Tim Legners. Like, when they are on first take together, like, I feel like I learned so much just from watching them talk basketball. I think it's going to be more shows like that moving forward than just the talking head type shit. Oh, you just talking about the bullshit. You talking about the same team type of bullshit. Like, I think we're going to actually get an expanded view 
from a lot of different players. It's going to be a lot of former player versus former player type shit. And they actually know what they're talking about when they talk about certain topics. And I think I would enjoy that way more than just hearing about the same four or five teams every day. Because look, I was watching first take and because it was after game five, after the heat win, I was like, oh, they're going to talk about the heat because we just had a huge win. We beat the Sixers by 30. What do you think the storyline was? Them niggas was talking about everything that the Sixers did wrong and never talked about the Heat. And guess what's going to be the topic tomorrow after a huge Heat win where they go to the conference finals? It's going to be the 76ers once again. So they never give credit to these other teams. If you're not a sexy team, if you're not a, a big market team, they're not going to talk about you, bro. Even the Bucks. Who always or who are like the roadblock in the Eastern Conference don't get that much coverage to be honest, and that shit is just crazy to me, dog. So, man, like I said, if you think about starting a podcast or if you think about just doing whatever just to get your opinion out there, please do it because it's too much of the the same team talk. I want to hear a, about every team in the NBA, not just the the five teams that we always hear about, bro. I want to hear uh, different opinions, man. So definitely. If uh, you listen to this right now, definitely be encouraged to make something, make something shake for sure. All right, man. I just wanted to get that point off. Uh, anything for social media wants to know? Uh, social media wants to know. Nah, not this week. Nah, no big questions. Oh, uh, social media wants to know can be this. Why all the Jack, Jack Harlow hate? Oh yeah. So yeah. this is this is this is what I'll say, bro. Because I don't I don't think it's hate to be honest. I don't think it's hate. I think it was, I think it was disappointment more so than hate because I think people started to view him in a way where it was like, oh, you up there, you got a feature by Drake. Oh, you must be on the rise for real. You must be one of them next, uh, next up for real. And then you get the album that you get out of them. And it's like, oh, you must, you was faking. Oh, you only was this because you got the Drake feature. Da, da, da. So I think, I don't really think his hate more so than it is disappointment when you think about Jack Harlow. I don't know, bro. I think even like weeks before, I'll say like two or three weeks before the album dropped, I just seen people on the Twitter TL, on IG comments, like just talking down on Jack. And I'm like, he has it. I'm like, okay, let me see. Jack Harlow, white artist in hip hop. He's getting a lot of hate. He must have said or did something. Like he must have said or did something racist, whether it was an undertone or plain out there. He has done nothing. Jack Harlow is making music, minding his business, and staying out the way. And then I just see people on Twitter, like, just start hating on dude. And I'm like, okay, he's not a great rapper. I'm not going to sit here and say Jack Harlow is just raw as hell or anything like that. But he's solid. He can make a few good songs, and he puts out, you know, mid-projects with a couple of bangers. What What's wrong with that? We have so many black artists that do that, and y'all don't say anything. And I, I get it, because I've seen somebody on Twitter say, if y'all just don't like white rappers, just say that. And I feel like that's kind of what it is. I think there's nothing wrong with Jack Carlo, and I think that's why people are trying to make something wrong with Jack Carlo. And that video of them black dudes carrying him over the mud, I was like, oh, that's it. That's all black people needed. <laughs> they was already, they was already not trying to like him anyway. Hey! And I, I was like, come on, Jack. You got to know where you at right now. I was like, you in Kentucky. You got black men carrying you over mud. And I know, I know he wasn't thinking about it like that, but it's like, bro, you got to be on your toes, bro. They already trying not to like you. Now you done gave them a reason to. That's for yourself. But this is, this is, I think something else that goes to the, the Jack Harlow disappointment slash hate is 
he was starting to get talked about like he was going to be the next one, like he was going to be the next great white hope. We had this conversation before, and it felt like it was kind of going that way. Like I said, the Drake feature, it was like, oh, wow, if he getting a feature from Drake, he must be one of the ones. We heard the other people were going to be on the album too. Oh, people are really respecting him in this game. He was getting viewed like he was going to be the next great white hope. And when you dropped the album that he did this past Friday, or was it this past Friday or a couple of weeks ago? I don't forget when he dropped it. Uh, This past Friday. So when you dropped the project that he dropped this past Friday, it's like, Oh, bro, you've been bullshitting this whole time. It's not really hating Jack. It's more so hating the hyper Jack high key. Like, mm-hmm. people have been hyping him up to be something that he really isn't. Is that Jack's fault? No, Jack just making the music. But the hype has just came so heavy when you get a Drake feature that the disappointment is a far fall, bro. It's a fall far from grace. Now we're seeing where he is right now. And he even said on the album, you know, like, the greats want to pull me to the side and have conversation, like... People like Snoop Dogg, people like Pharrell, Wayne, Drake, like they want to talk to him. They want to be cool. They want to make music with him. So it's like, can you blame him for having the hype if these well-known, well-respected artists in the game, like, come on, bro, not even just Drake. You got Pharrell on the album, bro. You got Snoop Dogg doing like a little insert line on the album and shit like that. Come on now. I don't think that's just all hype. It's like there has to be some level of truth. But the album was cheeks. It it was, but Snoop Dogg ain't just hopping on anybody's shit now. Pharrell Williams, first off, he's not cheap. You Pharrell features (laughs) are damn near just as expensive as Drake features. So if Pharrell wants to work with you and have conversation with you, there has to be some level of talent or at least potential with your artistry. So I I think it may be too soon. Like the hype may be coming too soon for Jack. That's what I'm saying. I don't look at Jack as no great white hope or whatever. I think the only reason we hold Eminem to the hype that we hold him outside of his talent, obviously, because he is one of the most talented individuals to ever freestyle and actually know the art of rap. He was really the first, like he was, he was the first to do it. And he did it at such a high level while really being the first. I don't give a damn about what, you know, ABC white rappers that were out in the eighties. Eminem was, I was about the to say, real... don't, don't disrespect Vanilla Ice, you bitch. Man, <laughs> Eminem was the real first white rapper for real. And he did it at such a high level to where that's why we probably look for, like, quote unquote, the next great white hope when it comes to rap. G Easy did not work. Uh, Lil Dicky, he can rap his ass off, but just did not work. Where has he um, been? Like, I haven't seen this nigga in I, I, I don't, he, he's show. choosing Wait, not to rap. The, the man got a oh, degree, okay. like, he's choosing not oh, to rap at this point. <laughs> Matt Miller, Matt Miller had potential to get to that status, but he sadly passed away to you know overdosing or whatever. So, time after time again, the a lot of people would tell you that Matt Miller is better happened. than Eminem. And I'm one of those people. Yeah, because I feel like Matt Miller knew how to make songs for real. Eminem does too. Don't get me wrong. Eminem got a nice catalog, but when it comes to like actual hit making for real, Eminem ain't got that many. <laughs> but when it comes hey, to freestyle, hey, put that boy in a versus. That boy is losing twenty to zero. I swear to God, put, put him in a rap battle. He's beating damn near anybody. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, so. for sure, for sure. As I said, put him in a versus. That nigga lose a twenty to zero. He got not afraid. Oh, not 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 twenty to zero. Nah, like he, he's name me about five. name me three name me three Eminem hits. Lose yourself, Mockingbird. Not afraid. Are we counting features? Because he was featured on Drop the World with Lil Wayne. Are we counting that? His verse was hard on that. Drop hit. the World is your biggest hit. 
Who no, is leading with that? I gave Who you three before. That? I what gave you three. You, I told Superman. you name three. Name three. You're still Use yourself, Mockingbird, Superman, not afraid, the real Slim Shady. That's five right there. You're, you're getting those, five dubs. Bro, I promise you're not winning with those five, bro. You, those are five legit dubs. You can go, he can go up against Snoop, and I swear to God, he's not winning those, bro. He can go up he's against any five. other rapper. That's elite. That's elite, and he's not winning that. You hear lose yourself, you're giving him the dub. I promise you. Unless it's a heavy hit. Well, let, let me, let me restate, let me restate then. I'm 19 to you. 1. 19 to 1. <laughs> him getting at least four to five dubs. Now, goddamn. <laughs> Mockingbird start playing. Now, somebody. Oh, my. Oh, my. I, I'll tell you, D12 has more than Eminem hits than Eminem by himself. When he was like a part of D12, it was one song he had. What was that one hit by D12, bro? Damn, what was that shit called? Damn. That's when all them niggas was on this song. I don't forgot it. That just shows you he might have would have lost that shit too. Moving on to entertainment and current events. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to entertainment and current events. We got YSL got snatched up by the Rico. Uh, in the words of Drake, we might just get hit with the Rico. <laughs> but yeah, man, YSL earlier this week. If y'all if y'all don't know who YSL is, it's uh I think they changed the name of it, but it was it's Young Thug's uh, record label, Wild Cell Young Stoner Life. Yeah, I think he changed it though to Young Something Life or whatever, because I think he wanted to take Stoner out. Anyway, uh, him, Gunna, and twenty six other people involved in Wild Cell and who are signed to Wild Cell were snatched up uh, by the feds earlier this week and have all been hit with RICO charges. If you don't know what RICO is, you know, it's racketeering, organized crime, illegal gambling, prostitution, murder for hire, all that type of stuff wrapped up under the um uh, acronym RICO. I forgot the actual act name, but RICO is just used for short. But um, they're, they're being held without bond right now, without bail, uh, and they could be facing at, at least 20 to 25 years, each of them. And these things have been piling up on them. These charges have been piling up on them since like 2013, 2014. They're using lyrics against Young Thug and Gunna. I know it's been a lot of talk about how Jay-Z has been trying to work, you know, with um, legal officials trying to get that um, to stop happening when it comes to using lyrics against rappers. So even if you can debunk the lyrics in court they're still going to try and use that as much as they can to link some of these crimes to your name you know it's been said that young thug tried to get Lucci killed in prison recently so it, it's a lot of shit that they they probably going down for bro because if you get pulled in for rico you're going to jail like you're going to prison it's just how long are you going to be in prison at this point hey i seen a lot of damn Lucci me <laughs> They said that nigga Lucci was in that bitch singing like a canary. <laughs> they said Lucci was in that bitch like, uh, uh, that shit had me crying, bro. That shit had me crying. I had some funny ass. I didn't even know Lucci was in jail. I haven't heard Lucci in so long. That shit was just crazy. Yeah, bro. He's been, he been locked up for like a year now. Really? I, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I honestly haven't. But um, I think it, it goes further than just the lyrics, though, because you have to have a proof of something before you go to the lyrics. And I think the the government had something um, on them already. The, the big thing that I've seen was that Young Thug ended up renting a car and that car was used to end up killing somebody named Donovan, Donovan Thomas right. Jr. or something like that, who was a part of YFN, Lucci's gang. Because YSL and YFN are like, they had beef for a long time. And it ended up causing like a, 
a scene in Atlanta that was one of the worst that they ever seen. Like so many people were killed over that feud. Yeah. And Young Thug was a part of it because they say he rented a car allegedly that ended up getting one of the people killed. So that's really the 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 point that they're using and they're just using the lyrics to just add on to it like oh it's ysl a gang oh ysl is ysl affiliated with blood so they just listening to the lyrics just to add on to what they already are figuring out through the process of certain shit and even if he got off with that um the car rental shit he still has more charges that he has to go through because he got hit with even more when they ran up in his crib because he had drugs, he had guns in there. So he got even more charges for that. So I don't know if we're going to see Thug no time soon. Even if he bit, beat that case, he still got some other shit he got to go through. And for Gunna, Gunna, Gunna Kaki can get out pretty quickly for what the charges I've seen. It's not really anything crazy for real. I feel like even though he's being denied bail now, they will open it up once they start to get to trial because they're really just throwing him in jail because he's affiliated with the gang. Mm -hmm. Nothing really is tying him to it. Um, They did get him in jail for being trying to distribute drugs, though. That is what mm -hmm. they had. They said methamphetamine. He was trying to distribute that. Uh, marijuana so that's also why he's being held but you can high key get cleared for that and being affiliated with YSL while Thug and everybody else in the YSL gang got to go through some some really hard conversations and plea deals and maybe some snitching because I would be snitching yeah. too it's, <laughs> I, would be snitching. I think it's like it's like a total of 58 charges that all 28 of them or 26 no, or 28 88. of them are facing what 88? Oh, damn. 88? Oh, yeah, they because like more. you said, all, all the they new charges more. that are on it. Yeah. Damn. Whew. Yeah, bro. Somebody got a snitch. And even if you <laughs> snitch, you probably you're not getting you out still even if get you time. snitch. You still like, gonna get you still time. gonna get time. And at that point, that's why niggas be saying, bro, is snitching even really worth it? Because you still gonna be in the yard with these niggas. You're not you're gonna get as much time, though. No. You're not gonna you're get still me. getting your ass beat. I don't care. <laughs> You still gonna have to go to sleep at night hey, knowing no. that you gonna have I to see that, these I niggas on the yard. I need that six nine treatment, man. Put me in protective custody. I don't want to see anybody. <laughs> put me in six. Put me in six nine situation. Like this, this was the same thing that happened to six nine. Honestly, six nine was caught up in a Rico situation, and he ended up snitching on whoever he was uh, being accused about, and he ended up being put up in protective custody. Everybody ain't gonna get protective custody now, but that was something that happened to six nine. Hope. I, not hopefully if they niggas did the crime if they kill niggas then do the time for sure but some people could end up snitching and getting that that option for sure but it's a lot of charges that them boys got to beat to even for that to even be an option they, them boys gonna see time bro even and, with and thug having all this money like thug gonna do some time bro and that's why i've never really been the type to like say free somebody because it's like hey i may be sad as hell that you booked but <laughs> if you actually out here killing people and stealing like working citizen money and like with racketeering and money laundering and all like if you're doing fraud taking people money killing people this that i can't sit here and just say free you but i could be sad as hell from an artist standpoint that you are locked up you know and i just pray that you make it through your situation so that's just the type of person i've been when it comes to that like even with um the only person in shirt that I would get that say free so and so was probably Meek Mill. I would have got a free Meek Mill shirt when he was wrongfully um sent to prison for that dirt bike shit. And then shit, free Angela. Yeah, back with the Black Panthers. I would have got a free Angela shirt because she went to she went to prison for the right reason. So only people like that in situations like that would I walk around saying free somebody. 
But black people got to stop doing that. I know we get wrongfully prosecuted a lot of times for shit, but some of us, we do be fucking up and we do need to go to prison. Like your and friend that just, yeah, <laughs> your friend that just murdered three people. Like there is no walking around saying free this person. Like we can't keep doing that, bro. Yeah, bro. There's proof that shit was, you know what I'm saying? Shit was happening. They're even trying to connect because Young Thug's baby mom just got shot not too long ago. Shot and yeah. killed not so long ago. And they're trying to connect that to the YFN and the YSL beef. So they saying all of this shit really adding up. So they said from honestly 2012 to like a week ago, they're charging them from like a, a 10 year span, honestly. And that's how we get the 88 charges from like the 28 different members of YSL. So I know a lot of people wanted to be a part of them, part of that uh group or whatever, but them boys going downhill fast, but I'm telling you, and, that, that's some scary shit. And they, um, I don't know if this was official or not, but they've been saying that uh, 4PF, little Baby and them might get looked at too, just because of how tight they is with Young Thug and the way they came. Like, he was under Young Thug wing when Baby first started rapping, when he got out of prison and whatnot. So, I don't know. It, it's a lot of people that you could say may not be in YSL, but are affiliated with YSL, can get pulled into certain shit. They may not they, they may not have um even really been involved with. So I, I don't know. It, it's just crazy to see right now. I don't know who uh, who else names we're going to see pop up. People were saying Jack Harlow was in YSL. They were saying Queen Nigel was in YSL. What the People hell? just throwing <laughs> niggas in YSL for no reason. <laughs> Damn, now that's Jack Harlow hate. Now that's Jack Harlow hate, my nigga. They trying to throw that nigga at YSL. That's that's Jack Harlow hate for sure, bro. What the hell? Somebody said that's crazy. Somebody was talking about uh one of the fraternities. They was like, when the cap was in YSL. <laughs> I was like, come on, bro. <laughs> Yeah, bro, but that's that's definitely a crazy situation for sure. I think the part the charges got handed down what over the weekend, and boy, mm-hmm. that was a crazy situation, bro. Because shit happened so fast, and then we get the the ride wave situation where he's in jail for ended up uh checking choking his ex girlfriend. It's like a lot of the people that we like to listen to, but we ain't gonna hear from them in a minute because they finna be doing some time, bro. You domestic violence and all of this shit, bro. This shit is a serious game, bro. Like, yeah, I think he's just playing with the wrong people when y'all playing with the feds like this. And it said Rod uh, choked his girlfriend because he got charged with strangulation. I swear I've never heard of a strangulation charge before Rod Wade. <laughs> but uh, he was charged with strangulation, like you said, for choking his ex-girlfriend while the kids were in the house. The kids were asleep. Uh, this happened on April 24th. The kids were asleep, but he was charged for um, choking his ex-girlfriend. Uh, oddly enough, he made a song... I don't know if he dropped it or not yet, but he made a song with a verse in it talking about like, uh, you know, y'all don't understand the full relationship story and all that. It's like, Rod, we don't need that right now. <laughs> Just fight for your innocence, my guy. Just fight for your innocence. That boy hopped in the booth to talk about his pain. They say he gonna be talking about this pain for the next three hours. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, no. You, I, I hope he get through that crazy situation, yeah, I hope he get through his situation as good as possible. I hope she's okay. I hope the kids are okay. Just being a St. Pete um, hero like I is, bro, like you just don't want to see him in headlines like that. You don't want to hear that he's doing stuff like this. So I, I pray that whole situation get better with him and his ex and the kids and all that. 
bro has to go to jail, bro. Like, I know it's oh, hard yeah. to say because he yeah, has St. Pete Hero, but you choked your ex-girlfriend. And it's not like she let him in the crib. He broke in her crib, honestly, because he was he didn't stay there. He broke in her crib, and he just choked her ass out. Like, my nigga, like, you, you're basically a kidnapper in that situation, choking out your ex-girl. Just because I know you don't mean it's right, my nigga. Like, that's still domestic violence. That's battery. That's strangulation. Every, all the charges that he's getting hit with right now, he did that shit and got to do some yeah. time, bro. Niggas got to learn from this shit. Just because he a hero don't mean, oh, he got he got to evade the time. Just same thing for Thug. Thug out here uh, conspiring to kill folks. Like, Thug got to do the time, bro. It's tough to say, but these niggas got to do time. They got to learn from these damn stupid shit that they doing truthfully mm-hmm. so hard to say and, but it's hard truth and this happened with rod right after he did some shit you know for the community with the free gas stuff with the easter stuff and all that it's like damn bro like you 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 just you in the cats 22 right now you're doing so much good shit and then you're doing dumb shit at the same time and if you do the crime you got to do the time bro so actual moving on to the next one we got stock x sued for reselling fake shoes so this is the big thing going down on twitter and in the sneaker world as well because uh nike ended up calling out stock x because of they had a feud apparently and they say the site is selling fake shoes and a lot of people are starting to realize that they bought fakes they're buying, they're buying counterfeits and they're paying like triple the price for them because they think they're coming for somebody that's legit like a stock X and they're fakes. They're seeing that Jordan got an ass crack. Jordan got, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> coming out of his body. They see a weird shit that they didn't see before. But since Nike called them out, they see it all type of wild shit now. So stock X looks like it's going to be on the downfall, bro. Stock X, bro. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> But this shit gotta something gotta change, bro. If Nike calling you out, everybody gonna believe Nike, bro. We believe in Nike. You selling oh, fakes, shit. you selling fakes, bro. You said that Jordan got an ass crack. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dead ass, bro. It's a pick, bro. You can look it up on Twitter. Like it's Jordan ass crack is literally showing, bro. You, it's a fact. You gotta make Jordan have cheeks to even give him an ass crack. <laughs> That's facts, though. You nigga got cheeks. You nigga got bro. cheeks, bro. I it's seen a, this story, scene. bro. I seen this story, bro. And just it was just funny as hell to me because shout out to Lauren, Lauren Latmer. She from St. Pete. Shout out to my dog. Uh, congratulations, by the way. She graduated from USF. She was trying to tell people on Facebook like months ago that StockX ain't what y'all think it is. Like, it's not as legit as people are trying to make it seem. Like, it's fake shoes being sold on there all the time. And people were telling her, like, no, nah, my shit is real. Like, no, nah, you don't know what you're talking about. StockX like that for real. And now she's just like, so y'all gonna apologize to me for <laughs> trying to put y'all up on game months ago because she's a sneakerhead. She worked at Foot Locker and everything while she was in college. So she she knew she was a plug for real. But I I thought about this when people were talking about this on Twitter. Is this going to be the beginning of the end for the reseller world if people like StockX and others, you know, are getting called out, you know, are getting, you know, sued and whatnot? My problem has never really been the resellers. Yes, the resellers are a problem in the sense of, you know, they might buy the shoes before you do and they might buy them in larger amounts than you. But my problem has always been the raffle. I hate the raffle shit, bro. I would much rather everybody just take the L and just get up at the ass crack of dawn and just go to the mall and bro, first the come, world, first serve. The world is too virtual to go back to that shit. 
The world is too virtual, bro. For That's us true. to be standing in line, bro, those were some wild times, bro. I don't it know was. what niggas was on back in 2007, it but it was a wild time back bro, then. Bro, I would be I at International Mall brother. 6 in the morning on Saturday with my dad. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> the, the world is too virtual to go back that far, but I agree that more shoes should be made. Something should yes, happen bro. when it comes yes. to manufacturing. But a lot of people say that a lot of these shoes that are bought in stores go right to StockX. So StockX, the Go app, like all these reseller apps are the problem because they are buying these shoes out of the stores or Nike is getting it or uh, Nike is giving them the shoes straight from out of the, the, the manufacturers. So it's like instead of giving the the resellers the the shoes give your stores the shoes so more people can have the opportunity to get them in the stores or get them online we don't have to go get the jacked up price from wherever, wherever to to get the shoes bro it's just complete bullshit nike know what they're doing that's why you know it's really a feud between them because this whole time nike has been helping them grow nike has been selling them shoes this whole time that's why you know nike had to be mad as fuck at something that they did to really say that you know y'all niggas selling counterfeits and now everybody actually looking at their shoes a little closer and seeing some bullshit <laughs> it's like yeah niggas niggas know what's going on now bro so it's just funny to see i seen somebody say uh <laughs> I was thinking somebody say on Facebook, they was like, for a long time now, I felt like my Yeezys was fake because they would glow in the dark and nobody else is glowing in the dark. <laughs> but now I feel comfortable coming out about it. <laughs> and she was like, that's why I only wore them in the daytime because they would glow in the dark and nobody else is glowing in the dark. <laughs> But yeah, man, like the the raffles, oh, the, that's what would piss me off. And like you said, them just not really making that many pairs of shoes to put in the store. Like I would hate going to Foot Locker or Champs or something, and they would be like, yeah, they only gave us 40 pairs of shoes. Like, what do you mean? They only, they only gave you 40 breads? Like they only gave you 40 Concords? They only gave you 40 Cement Fours? Like what the hell? Like that, that just doesn't make sense. Like, and y'all know how popular these shoes are. And I don't give a damn about the whole supply-demand shit. They're Jordans. Jordans are one of the most popular shoes in the world. They will forever be that. Like, you're going to sell. So the whole not giving an extra 40 shoes because you don't want to have that long or whatever, that's bullshit. Like, in my opinion, that's straight bullshit. You're going to sell 80 shoes just as quickly as you'll sell 40. So I, I don't I don't understand it. I don't get it. That that's really my issue. I ain't really got no problem with resellers as long as they ain't jacking up the price. That's the only time I hate resellers because I'm never paying anything over retail for sneakers. I'm just not. Hey, but this gonna make it harder for the resellers though, because niggas is finna really be asking you some some real questions now. Like, yeah. nah, nigga, we need to meet in person, my nigga. I gotta see if these shits fake fake before I even buy them shit. So the online purchase purchase is gonna be a little little more difficult. A little more questions gonna be asked because of this shit, bro. Because nobody wanna get caught up with the counterfeits, bro. And trust me, I've had fake J's before. I had fake J's from AliExpress. As back when I had no money, so it was a it was a downtime for me back then. I had no cheese, but these are my first pairs of J's, and I wore them proudly. But they were fake. But AliExpress was Damn. telling the bitches for like the cheap though. But I used to get them bitches, knowing the bitches was fake. But they used to look like kind of they used to look kind of legit though. But like when you felt them, when you felt them, it was like you know these bitches are not. <laughs> but when you looked at them, they they they, they looked good enough. So I was like, okay, okay, I can play I can play these a little bit. But it's just funny Shout how shit niggas is getting caught up for that shit now. 
Shout out to the black market, though. Got to plug my dolls in. Shameless plug. Shout out to the black market. Make yes, sure y'all follow yes. them on IG. T-H-E-B-L-K-M-A-R-K-E-T. The black market. Be sure and get yeah, your sneakers. For sure, for sure. Shipping and handling is included to their shipping. <laughs> Add. <laughs> <Cha-ching>. <laughs> All right. All right, bro. Moving on to the next. We got the heart part five drops by Kendrick. That shit sounded amazing. He dropped that on Sunday night. Shit had the world in shambles. It felt like the world hockey stopped for a minute it when did. it when it dropped hockey. Like the world like slowed down on like Monday. Like I had it on repeat the entire Monday. Like the day just did not go as fast as it usually does. It's because mm-hmm. Kendrick dropped. Like your shit just felt completely different, bro. Shit is funny. I agree, bro. Like the bars he used, the way he told Nipsey's story in like the last minute, 45 seconds, seeing Kobe face. Uh another big um, another big point in that music video, the Will Smith point, bro. That man said, in a land where hurt people hurt people, fuck calling that culture. And he had Will Smith's face the whole time when he was saying, look what I done for you and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, bro, that was just as hard as the Nipsey part, bro, because we make fun of Will all the time for everything he go through with Jada. And he, Kendra Lamar did an excellent point of pointing out, you know, hurt people are hurting people. The whole slapping Chris Rock thing, cussing him out, hurt people, hurt people. And we can't keep calling that culture. Something has to be done to help people get through that trauma. So shout out to Kendra, bro. Like the bars were there. Like we're, we're ready for this album. I know none of the hearts end up making it on the album, but I, I said on Twitter, I was like, based off of what I heard from this, this album might be bigger than Two Pimple Butterfly. And that's one of my favorite albums of all time, bro. Like, it I don't know what good. to expect because we're recording this on Thursday night, so he literally drops in like forty five minutes. So the the shit yeah. is high key crazy because it's it's different than a lot of artists when they drop. Because I know I'm gonna listen to a couple of artists, or I'm gonna listen to an artist for a couple of weeks, and I'm not listening to your project for a long period of time. <laughs> but for Kendrick, it's different because he says so much shit, and he says it so conceptually that it's hard to grasp. And your first listens, like even in your first couple mm-hmm. of weeks, you catching new shit that you weren't catching before. And that's why right. his shit lasts for years and years and years. When with these other rappers, bro, it's like after two weeks, we not really grasping for more from your, your album. It's nothing really new. But with Kendrick, it's always something that we catching that we haven't caught before. And I think that's where his greatness really shines. Like keeping for a, a song like The Heart to Drop, where he's talking about real shit, but he's keeping it funky on the, on the same time. It's like, damn, like, people can't do that. It's only a certain amount of people that can do that. Keep it funky, where I can actually replay this shit in the whip, but you're talking about real shit. I feel like Kendrick is only one of the few that can actually do that. And to have an album that's so conceptually wrapped in place and sequenced, I think it's something that he does masterfully well, and that's what he's going to do with Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. So this album is going to be great, too, but I just have to see where it ranks for me (laughs) and on all of his albums. All right, and moving on to the next one, we got Past the Ox. What you got for Song of the Week? Uh, funny enough, <laughs> outside of Kendrick, of course, um, I got uh, Poison, Jack Carlo, and Lil Wayne. I like, I fuck with that shit. I like Churchill Downs, too, with Drake, but I ain't heard no Wayne feature in a minute, so I definitely like that one. I got Solo by Future. I'm listening to that Hendrix lately. Oh, so Solo. 
that, bro. That's one of my favorite songs off that project, bro. Yeah, that solo go on. Yeah. <laughs> that was my anthem with that, that shit, was sliding, bro. That shit be sliding, bro. Yeah. So definitely solo of our future. Definitely solo of our future. And moving on to the uh, movie and show reviews. <sighs> we did that terrible-ass episode six <laughs> for Moon Knight. So y'all be sure to check out all of our Moon Knight reviews. The show is now over, so check that out. Uh, we still got to do Morbius. We did Doctor Strange 2, so go and check out that review. Uh, but we still got movies like X, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Uh, we got some stuff coming out in June. Uh, I want to say the Marvel show with, um, with what's her name? Oh, Miss Marvel. Yes, Miss Marvel is coming out in a couple of weeks. I want to say, well, next month, really, because it's early in June. But uh, yeah, we got a lot coming for y'all, bro. Just Just keep watching, keep supporting, and uh, let us know what y'all want us to review next, what y'all want us to watch next. Hold on, because I still got to... Uh, let's move on to the Avatar trailer reaction. I know one thing. Wherever we go, this family... Is our fortress. Shit finna be fire. I'm fucking with it. It's y'all gotta be, be real with me. Sure. Y'all gotta be real with me, bro. Do y'all niggas really fuck with Avatar 1 or do y'all just fuck with this shit because everybody else fuck with it? Keep it a being No, I love it. Love the movie. Long as hell. Movie is long as hell now. I'm not going to lie to you. But, bro, this we've is... never seen anything like that before when it dropped. Like, that shit was one of a kind, like, in a, in a whole world of its own, bro. And it was good. The CGI was great. The storyline was great. Like, I, I loved Avatar. That shit was perfect. I don't remember what the fuck happened in that movie. Maybe I just got to refresh and watch the movie again, and then I can I can give you some real feedback. But I, I don't remember that movie being that crazy. I remember the movie being long as hell, and people saying it was good when I walked out of the theater. So I was like, okay, yeah, it was good. I told my mom it was good and shit, because everybody else said this shit. But I barely remember that shit, honestly, because that shit came out in what, 09? Yeah. Oh, nah. So I was I was a young nigga for sure. So I was definitely yep. just saying whatever. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, I gotta rewatch the movie, bro. So I cause I can't even go off that trailer, honestly, because I'm like, like, what happened in the first one for this shit to be happening? Like they have their own like colonization now. Like it's like mm -hmm. a whole thing going on. So you what what how do you feel about this? Uh I'm I'm just curious as to what the story is gonna be about because now well, I don't want to spoil the movie for you. So I ain't, I ain't going to say that, but I'm just curious. No, no, go ahead, now, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So now that there aren't any evil humans, like trying to take over Pandora, I wonder what the storyline could be at this point now. It looked like they found humans that were still, you know, left from the first movie that were still trying to survive there or something. Because I, I seen one woman, she was like pointing her arrow at them like she was like, you know, lost in the jungle or some shit. So I guess there might still be some humans there that may have survived from the first movie that didn't agree with uh, the good um, characters of the movie. But I'm, I'm just wondering what it's going to be. I see they're going to be at war on the water, you know, since, you know, this one's going to be about water or whatever. And they're definitely showing like 
whales and them living life in the water and shit like that. I just don't know what the story is going to be. That's the only question I have. And they didn't tell too much in the preview either. So I like that. But I'm re- I know the graphics are going to be fire. I know uh what you call it? Zoe Zaldana, she's going to do fucking amazing because she always does. So I, I'm excited for it. Does this repeat to be better than the first one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is going to be better than the first one. For sure. The, fir- the first one hit a bill. Oh, like money-wise? I don't know money-wise. But I know as far as like the actual movie and the content we're going to get, it's going to be better than the first one. And the first one was amazing. Like I love the first one. I don't know if I could just watch it again and again. I don't know if that's one of those three-hour movies. I could just Avengers Endgame is the only three-hour movie for show that I know I could just watch over and over. But um, it's definitely gonna be better than the uh, first one, and it, it ain't too many movies like that. I told you, Incredibles two is probably like the only movie that I'll put that's better than the first one. Not even knocking the first one though. So I'm I'm gonna come on next week and get my real review of the movie. I'm gonna watch it on the plane or something like that. Cause I got to refresh my memory dog. Cause I, I don't know. I don't know about that movie. So we going <laughs> to next week. I'm going to give y'all my real opinion, but uh, all right, bro. That's it for the pod. You can hit them with the social media. You can follow us on Twitter at Q E podcast one. You can follow us on Instagram at Q A N D E podcast. You can follow and like our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Q and sign E podcast. And our Gmail is Q A N D E podcast at gmail.com. And you know what we can do? We can just do a full-on movie review before this movie. When does the movie come out? Uh, Like the end of this year, December. So we can do a full-on movie review, just actually just reviewing the, the movie once again and really talking okay. about it. And is it as good as it was on the first watch as it is, you know what I'm saying, 11 years later or 13 years later? So we, mm-hmm. we're going to do a review on this shit. I want to do a review on that shit. And then after yeah. that, we're going to review the Avatar 2. So that would be dope as hell just to revisit that for sure. And uh, if you guys want to subscribe to our social media platforms on Q&E Media, it is Q-E Media on Twitter. It is Q-A-N-D-E Media on Instagram. And subscribe to our website. It is Q-A-N-D-E Media.com. And subscribe to all of our podcast platforms on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Our Heart Radio. And we appreciate you guys for listening. And we out. Peace.